0: Voice Church family, welcome to Church Has Left the Building, part one. We're so thankful that you're joining us for our last service of 2023. If it's your first time joining us, we want to make sure that we get connected with you. So make sure you fill out a connection card at the link provided below. Now, before we spend some time listening to a message from our pastor, we're going to just worship. Thank God for all that He has stained us through and all that He's bringing us to.
1: If I could have anything, let it be your eyes on me. Every time I catch your gaze, my world starts changing. I don't have that much to bring, just a simple song to sing. If I could have anything. your gaze. My world starts changing. I don't have that much to bring. Just a simple song to sing. If I could have
2: Welcome to part one of Church Has Left the Building. If you're new to the church, we have a tradition around here that for the two weeks following Christmas, we encourage everyone to gather in their homes, their apartments, or their condos, invite some friends and family over, and watch these online experiences that the team has put together for you. You know, the holiday uh, season is a uniquely demanding one for the staff and volunteers at the church. And so by filming these ahead of time, we can give those incredible folks some much needed R&R before launching into 2024 with fresh vision and passion. If you're watching this when we premiere it, it's New Year's Eve, literally the last day of the year. So before we hop into teaching, I want to remind you of another one of our traditions. What we do every year is we take the entire offering amount from our final Sunday and give it away to incredible organizations around the world. Those funds have been used to plant churches, uh, give hope to those experiencing homelessness, come alongside teen parents in our community, translate the Bible so people can read it in their native language, it's been used to tell people about Jesus and the Amazon basin that have never heard the gospel before. It's been used to fight human trafficking on the front lines in Thailand and so many other things. So I just want to thank you for being such a generous church. And I want to dare you to make a significant gift today to the church so that we as a church family can give 100% of that away to all the amazing things that God is doing, both in our community and around the world. Today, I want to take a look at a passage in Paul's letter to the church in Philippi. Paul is in prison, probably in Rome, and he writes to the church plant that he started. This is the first church that Paul planted in what we would call modern day Europe. They had sent Paul a financial gift and he wanted to tell them he received it. He's grateful. Uh, he wants to ask them to continue supporting him and he wants to encourage them. What's interesting about this letter is that it's different from all the other letters that Paul wrote because it was not in response to a crisis or a church split or some unbiblical teaching that he needed to shut down. More than just about anything else, Paul talks about one idea in this letter. He talks about what it would look like to live a life full of joy in Jesus. He wanted them to know that joy that every person is searching for doesn't come from any status you can have on this earth or anything that you can purchase. He also wanted them to know that following Jesus and really pursuing him, I mean like authentically pursuing him with your whole heart was not automatic. There had to be a mindset that pushed you towards Jesus and away from everything else that was clamoring for your attention. There has to be this intentionality, a predecision that our faith in Jesus is gonna take priority over everything else. He wanted them to know that it wasn't a feeling. It wasn't something that you decide in the moment. It was a predecision. When I read about Paul's words to the church in Philippi, I'm reminded of a trek some friends and I did to the top of Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania, Africa, the tallest freestanding mountain in the world. What's fun about this is that actually one of the friends that hiked this with me is on the other side of this camera uh, right here. It took us eight days to get to the summit, and they were pretty grueling days at times. We ended up going through five different climate zones. There was the, the cultivated zone, which is close to sea level, rainforest zone, the Heathermoreland zone, Alpine desert zone, and then the Arctic climate zones. Our guide said there's actually a, a sixth zone at the summit, the subarctic. And the reason why that's important is because you had to pack for all these different zones, all these different environments. So imagine going on vacation and packing for six different climates. You got like moisture-wicking shorts and a shirt for the first couple zones because it was hot and humid. But then you quickly got to the Alpine Desert and the moorland, which got frigid at night but still pretty warm during the day. And by the time you got to the Arctic, and obviously the subarctic, it got so cold that we would have to put our Nalgene bottles with water in wool socks upside down so that when they froze and they would definitely freeze, you'd you'd be able to flip the Nalgene over and the part you drink from was still liquid. It was a crazy trip. But the day before we started the trek, the guide had us lay out all of our gear outside of our packs and he wanted to make sure that we were prepared in a couple of key ways. He wanted to make sure obviously that we had all that we needed to get where we were going, all the essentials, gear for each climate we'd face. Uh, But he was also equally concerned about something else that we were leaving behind items that were going to weigh us down. He didn't want us to bring anything that we're fine to have in everyday life, but would keep us ultimately from getting to the summit, which was our objective. We were on a filming trip. Uh, So we were bringing heavy cameras and then solar panels to charge batteries and then many batteries and lenses and tripods and then laptops on top of all that so we can dump footage. And this is all on top of the normal gear that anyone else would have when they were making this trek. And our guide began to point things out that he thought we should leave behind. And it got pretty interesting conversation because there were moments when the camera guys were talking with our guide trying to explain why they needed a certain piece of equipment. And the guy just kept on pretty much saying the same gist is like, Hey, you can bring whatever you want, but if you get tired and you drop that jacket or that, you know, iPhone or whatever you're bringing up, if you drop it, I'll pick it up and I get to keep it. And we realized that he actually had some pretty nice gear. And he would later tell us that he never paid for any of it because they were all from hikers from previous trips that carried too much stuff that got burdensome to carry. And they realized the hard way they had to let it go. So why do I bring that up in regards to today? Because we're about to leave 2023 behind. And most of us, if not all of us, we need to leave some things behind in 2023. Where God has called you to, where God has called you to go, the calling he's put on your life is going to take some sacrifice and some intentionality. And some stuff that you've carried literally to the last day of the year, it has to be dropped. There are some things that Paul says we all need to leave behind. And there are some things that we all need to make a priority if we're ever going to have a thriving, joy-filled relationship with Jesus Paul talks about. So let's start in Philippians chapter three. It says this, we put no confidence in human effort, though I could have confidence in my own effort if anyone could. Indeed, if others have reason for confidence in their own efforts, I have even more. I was circumcised when I was eight days old. Kind of a weird thing to brag about. Uh, I'm a pure-blooded citizen of Israel, a member of the tribe of Benjamin, a real Hebrew if there ever was one. I was a member of the Pharisees who demanded the strictest obedience to the Jewish law. I was so zealous that I harshly persecuted, i.e. killed Christians, persecuted the church. And as for righteousness, I obeyed the law without fault. And then he ends with this. I once thought that these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. So what was Paul saying? Paul's saying, hey, before I met Jesus, I used a different kind of scorecard to measure whether I was winning at life or not. And by that standard, I was crushing it off the charts. If anyone had reason to be arrogant, it was me. I was from the right family. I had the right pedigree. I went to the right school. I checked all the boxes that society told me I needed to check. And then he ends with one phrase. I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless. This brings us to the first thing that all of us need to leave behind this year, something the Bible would call worldly ambition. John writes it this way. He says, Do not love the world, nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you don't have the love of the Father in you. For the world only offers a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from the world. And this world is fading away along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. See, John isn't saying that everything in this world is bad. What he's saying is he echoes what Paul says earlier. Compared to Jesus, they're worthless. Things in this world are fun. They're nice luxuries to have. They're great toys. They're great tools. They're just terrible gods. It's like fighting for the best seat on the Titanic, right? It just doesn't matter at the end of eternity. One day on the other side of eternity, we're going to recognize what things matter and what things don't. We'll realize what things were worth pursuing and the things that were shallow, empty pursuits. And in that moment, when we see Jesus face to face, we're going to see things that were worth our investment, worth our sacrifices of our time, worth our talents, worth our finances. And we'll also see all the things that we pursued, all the things that we craved, all the things that we sacrificed for that will be meaningless in the scope of eternity. In this passage, John says that this world is fading away along with everything that people crave. So in light of that, let me ask you a question. How much of your goals have an eternal perspective? How much of your goals have an eternal perspective? Again, it's not bad to have practical goals, to purchase a new car or to go on a special trip with your family or pursue career advancement. None of that stuff is bad. What Paul is saying is don't let that be all you're about. Don't let that be the main mission of your life, your primary objective, your primary identity, your primary calling. As Christ followers, our calling is higher than that. It's more significant than that. It's more eternal than that. And then Paul continues in in, in his letter to the church in Philippi. He says this in verse eight. He says, yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I've discarded everything else, calling it all as garbage so that I would gain Christ and become one with him. For Paul, his number one mission was to know Jesus more. He had lived the life that everyone told him would have meaning and purpose. He did all the things that others said would be fulfilling and he found them to be empty. Compared to Jesus, they were hollow. How about you? Have you pursued things that later just didn't fulfill you like you thought they would? Now, all of us are different and we have different things that catch our attention. But what was it for you? More importantly, what is it for you currently? What's asking for your attention? What's asking for your sacrifice? What's promising you hope and fulfillment and purpose apart from Jesus? So as we are leaving 2023, would you pray about leaving behind some empty pursuits? One way to think about what gods you have placed on the throne of your heart is to think about what you'd be willing to sacrifice for. If you're willing to sacrifice for something in your life to a higher degree than you would sacrifice for something God has asked you to do, then that thing may just be competing with Jesus for lordship of your heart. And it may be wise to dethrone it or at least bump it down a few levels in the org chart of your heart put Jesus back as Lord and allow those things to submit and surrender underneath Jesus's Lordship. So as we close, let's look at what Paul says next. In verse 13, he says, I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. Paul goes, look, I may not be good at a lot of things, but I'm really good at this. I have one main focus. I forget the past and I look forward to what lies ahead. Paul just got done talking about how he spent so much of his life living with that different scorecard. He could have easily been paralyzed by regret and shame. God gave him natural leadership abilities and he used that to feed his ego, to build his platform. He had a natural ability to rally people around him to a cause and he used that to whip people up into a frenzy and systematically execute Christians. Can you imagine the regret he would feel as he tried to fall asleep each night when he sees the faces of the people that he executed, when he thinks about all the wasted time, all the wasted money. He never talks about that though. He said he focused on one thing forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Some of you are wondering why you're not moving forward into what God has called you to do. And it's like you're trying to drive your car while staring at the rearview mirror. You're paralyzed by your past, the skeletons in your closet reliving conversations that the other person have totally forgotten. You're ripping off the scabs of old wounds, keeping them from really healing. And the whole time your loving heavenly father is saying, look forward. I have so much for you ahead. Quit living in the past. There's so much more hope and purpose and calling ahead of you. Let's move forward together. Some of us are the opposite. We hold on to the past because they were the good old days, right? They were familiar. We were younger. We had more energy, we had success, and the future's scary. It's unfamiliar. The older you get, the more you feel like a stranger in the world. Can I challenge you to let go? Man, the past, they were great times, but they're gone. Quit trying to relive them. It's time to move forward. God is not done with you yet. If you have breath in your lungs, there is still purpose and calling for you in the future. What that verse is saying is that Christ is still in the future and he's already calling us into it, inviting us into an adventure with him. But in order to embrace the future, we have to let go of the past. Are you willing to do that? God is too good and life is too short for us to keep pursuing things that simply don't matter from an eternal perspective. We need to let go of empty pursuits and pursue the things that has value in God's eyes. Next week, we're gonna talk about one huge thing that is trying to derail you from God's purpose in your life. But as we close out 2023, let me pray for you. God, I just pray for my friends watching this right now. God, I pray that you would give them the boldness and the courage to look inward at the things that we're holding onto, that we're bringing with us year after year after year. And it's not serving us well anymore. God, I pray, would you give us the courage to move forward into the unknown, to serve you faithfully and to be all that you've called us to be. Help us to make a difference in this world, to make an impact in this world, wherever you have us. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's sing these songs together.
3: love with no reservation you're not looking for perfection there's no need in me pretending I'll give you everything
1: I'll give you
0: To finish the last service of 2023, we just want to say thank you for being a part of Voice Church family. And again, if you've been at Voice for some time or if it's your first time joining us, we want to make sure we get connected with you. Make sure to fill out that connection card at voice.church/connect. Also, at the end of every service, we do a free will offering we just partner with God with our finances. So if you feel feel a stirring in your heart to give, give at voice.church/give. And that's a wrap on our 2023. We'll see you next week online for Church has left the building part 2.